Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Welcome to Genre Junkies. It's Fantasy Night. I'm Sandra. I'm Scott. So this week, we're going to be talking about River of Shadows by Karina Hawley. And I'm very excited for this because this is a Finnish book. This is a book about Finnish mythology reimagined by a Finnish American like myself. Well, I think she's actually part Finnish American, part Finnish, like can, <laughs> Finnish Canadian. Uh, what you know, whatever. She's part of the- Canada is part of America. <laughs> That's our hat. Um, she's part of the Finnish diaspora. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like myself, and um, it's very exciting. We Finns don't have a whole lot in pop culture. I mean, J.R. Tolkien took a whole lot, but a lot of people don't know that. Right. So. And he did it with love. Um. But before we get into that, I guess we should tell everybody our roundtable is the same things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything, uh, you know, special or secret to bring to your attention. Uh, we've been watching Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and we are caught up on Stranger Things and mm-hmm. both of them are a lot of fun. They're both fantastic. Um, my favorite part of Obi-Wan is Reva. I would die for her. Um, I love her. She's one of my all-time favorite characters now. I just, she connected, she and I connected on a heart level. (laughs) And um, I love her so much. And then over on Stranger Things, we're very delighted with the addition of Eddie and Argyle. Argyle. So Eddie is, like, wonderful. And, like, just, you just adore him. I think he is a universally beloved character at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, but let us not forget about Argyle, the precious sweet stoner angel baby <laughs> that must be protected at all at all at all costs. Um, I told Scott, you know, nowadays we'd both be in the Hellfire Club because I'm a D&D nerd now. But Scott would have been in the Hellfire Club oh, in high school. 100% I would have been in the And Argyle and I would have been getting high in that vein. <laughs> so it like it's very much a, a blending of the two. Yeah. Yeah. So love you love to see it. Um so let's talk about tonight's book River of Shadows. When 24-year-old Hannah Heikkinen's estranged father dies, she reluctantly makes the trip to northern Finland for his funeral. Being in the enchanting land of ice and snow feels miles away from Hannah's busy life back in Los Angeles, especially under the complicated circumstances. But when Hannah discovers that her father's body is missing, that's when things really get weird. A mysterious man, Rasmus, tells Hannah the truth. Her father was a powerful shaman who went into Tuonela, the realm of the dead, in order to barter for more life, and has been held captive by Tuoni, the god of death. The only way her father can be freed is if she travels with Rasmus into the mythical underworld to rescue him. Willing to do anything to have a second chance with her father, Hannah accompanies Rasmus into the dark and bloody realm, traveling via the river's shadows, stalked by dangerous creatures, monsters, and the living dead, until they finally come into the haunted kingdom ruled by death and his family. Only for her to be captured and held prisoner by the god of death himself, turns out death is intrigued by Hannah's beauty and fierceness and makes a bargain with her. If she marries him and spends an eternity in the realm of the dead as his wife, he'll set her father free. 
But even the most noble sacrifice comes with hidden costs, and Hannah's might involve the most unexpected of all things, her heart. So this is a dark fantasy romance. Um, Let me begin. (laughs) Allow me to begin. So for me, this was an absolute page turner. So a lot of people love the trope of a Hades and Persephone romance, Beauty and the Beast. That's exactly what this is. Okay, I I was I was going to ask. Does that's kind of the same? That's where Beauty and the Beast comes from. I I believe so. Yes. Um. So, uh, I'm sorry, Karina. (laughs) Who the fuck is Kirsten? Karina takes a lot of great license uh, with the mythology, which is totally fine. I'm always a big fan of people getting creative with mythos because it belongs to the people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing is that... Karina, you did my girl Kalma very dirty. <laughs> you did her very <laughs> dirty in this book. And Surma, but especially Kalma, who's like my favorite, favorite deity in, in the Finnish pantheon. So that was a that was a bummer, but I forgive you. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, you know, everything I know about Finnish Finnish mythology. I've learned from you, and I can't say I am no expert. I wouldn't even call myself a journeyman in it. Um, there's definitely some characters and parts of it that that don't that aren't exactly what I have envisioned or or know about it. There's definitely some changes, but um, you know, it's very fun to see. Yeah, it's very fun to see a pantheon that you just don't normally hear about absolutely and i mean you know look at percy jackson look at there's a million adaptations of things and that is part of the fun that's a part of introducing someone to a culture and a mythology and and maybe getting them interested in it if they've never heard of it um i just absolutely love it i feel so so proud to be a finnish american and that you know she took this time to write a book that has a lot of her in it has a lot of our our beautiful Finnish culture um there's uh it's right there in the in the intro what go ahead oh it's right there in the intro that this book is about um grieving a lot too yeah. so that's not like you know that's something that some people should be aware of because yeah. so, this is cathartic you know yeah. what she's writing this so let me jump in here because i want to talk about my experience score with the book um now i'm just going to go out and say that this book was a struggle for me and i think there's a lo- lot of reasons why that might be um not all of it is you know on the book for instance i just started a new job that's kind of a whole thing um you know it's the beginning of summer and i'm kind of starting to actually feel that that summer stuff so that's maybe part of it too but uh you know, you're talking about that grieving. Um, it says right at the very beginning, uh, the main character is dealing with the death of her father. And as someone who has lost his father, it's very real and very powerful. Um, it's written incredibly well, but it was very difficult. And um, I will also say, as we'll kind of go into, this book is not exactly in my wheelhouse. Um, It's not. And I think that that's actually kind of a good thing because every once in a while you know we do review books and we say hey this isn't generally my thing and it's still important to be like but from a reviewer educational book loving standpoint this is how it played out for me (laughs) i think that's really important yeah um so this book has lots of segs in it (laughs) (laughs) lots of sexual situations um and i've 
I've been reading smut since I was a tween. So I feel like I know what I'm talking about when I say that that um, Karina does a really good job with her scenes. But it's not for everybody. And like for me, I'm certainly not always in the mood for, for books where there's romantic encounters. It helps when it's you know, high fantasy, dark fantasy like this. And like, there's plenty, plenty of darkness and wonderful, wonderful nitty gritty, the death maidens, you guys. Oh my God, I loved it. And just the the realm of the dead and the critters running around. Um, it, It's got so much for a dark fantasy horror lover to like sink our teeth into. It's interesting how much of of the pantheon and, and the world and the, and the setting um, ties into what you know we in a Western culture understand, and yet it's kind of twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creatures that you're that you're used to, and, and the main character definitely kind of talks about this creatures that we've heard about and have been fantasized. Yes, uh, in this particular setting, are not quite as fantastical and are a little. Uh, frightening right and i mean all all, cl- all cultures kind of have that you know and things have been kind of watered down you know a fairy's not a not a tinkerbell <laughs> a <laughs> unicorn a mermaid all these things are are not always you know so nice and squeaky clean i love the cutesy squeaky clean ones but i love the dark roots from all these different cultures you know too hey Look at Eastern European Rusalka. That's a that's a good mermaid for you there too. Um, one thing that we must must note: hell of a good map, a Spotify playlist with some of my favorite bands. <laughs> yes, I every everybody. I don't know if it was a hundred percent the author or if it was partially the publishing house or editor or whatever, but everyone needs to take a page out of this book because when it comes to a, to a fantasy book and just a book in general, it has everything we want. The cover is great. It has a map. It, I mean, we discovered Spotify playlists a little while ago in books and it's like, yes, put them at the beginning. And then finally, this has something that I feel like it was executed the best I've seen in any book ever, and that's its content warning. There is a content warning. We'll read that to you at the beginning of the spoiler section in case you're curious about it. You know, we always like to be kind of like careful with triggering content warnings because some people don't want to hear them and we want to respect that. Um, And then we also respect if you do want them. So another thing that's beautiful about this book is it has a great glossary. It has a great pronunciation guide. Um... I don't know if glossary is quite the right word, but I, let's just put that, let's just say glossary, um, where she introduces you to how to pronounce things, who all the characters are, because if you're not familiar with the mythology, well, and even if you are, because she takes license with it, mm-hmm. it it's good to know. At the top of every chapter, it's so cool, because I have the physical copy, the pages are like black and it's white writing and it really keeps you in like the mood of the story um that you know this is a this is a dark tale this is dark but i also want you guys to know karina is funny as hell these are lols in this book there are some really funny jokes there really are and and a lot of the comedy comes from just i mean first of all it's very funny in a lot of ways but a lot of the comedy comes from these um fantastical creatures and beings using modern vernacular and not always correctly but it's so perfectly done i love it if deities are omnipotent 
omnipresent, yeah, they're going to know about technology. They're going to know about pop culture. And um, I really appreciate that. It, it helps to, I don't know, just keep us all blended and immersed in the world itself. Um, so I have a feeling over in the spoiler section, we're going to talk about how Scott feels reading a sexy book because he doesn't usually read sexy books. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say I voted Page Turner? You did. Yeah. Okay. So let me start with our appeal score because I don't want to give one, and I'm not going to. I'm going to draw a loud? line. No, I'm going to draw a line on this one because I don't. Because I feel like even even the books that I you know other books that we've read that I didn't really like and weren't really for me. I have a grounding in uh you know the kind of people who are interested in it. You know what I mean? I can kind of like target it towards people. I'm not going to give an appeal score because I, this is the first book I feel like we've read that I don't feel like I can, I can give that one appropriately hmm. because I, I know that there's a lot of people who like this type of book, but I don't know who those people are. So niche, broad, general, Matt, I, I, I don't, I don't know where to classify it. Okay. So, I, I think I get what you're saying. I think I get what you're saying. Um, so like I said, I, I don't read as much romance as I used to. Um, for, like I said, for me to really get into a romance book these days, it has to have plenty of genre um, dumped on top of it. Yeah. High fantasy, dark fantasy fairies. Um, and, and that's not a slight because... Like, again, I, you know, I cut my teeth on these books. I cut my <laughs> teeth on them. And um, and we here at John of Junkies, we believe you read what you want to read, what you're called to read, 100%. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No shame in that game. And I can tell you, Scott, a lot of people like smutty books. So I feel pretty confident <laughs> with um, with putting this appeal in a... <sighs> I said I was confident and I'm trying to like word it correctly. Really into broad. Okay. I'm going to say broad because if you like dark fantasy, this is definitely for you. Okay. If you whether like whether or not you feel whether or not you're you're into you're into sexy books. I think so because there's so much of it. Mm -hmm. Um if you like mythology based books, if you like Hades Persephone, mm -hmm. trope that's going to tick a lot of boxes for you. So that's already like I'm casting a wide net with all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel that the writing is solid. I feel that the story is solid. And yeah, I think that, you know, if sexy time books are not your favorite, I've read books where it's more on like every other page than this one. Really? Yeah. So I feel like she gives a lot of plot in between. One thing that, I think is interesting that I did want to touch on just a little bit is reading romance does come with a certain suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you don't know where I'm going with this. You don't know. You think you know. You don't know. Um, <sighs> typical formula in a romance is a girl meets handsome troubled guy. And sometimes troubled guy acts in a way that would be considered toxic in a normal everyday relationship. Yeah. Um I feel that Karina 
has been writing romance for a long time and she knows romance very well that I feel she treads very carefully with like knowing that, you know, we like we, if you will, we like the brooding, the troubled, angry guy, passionate. But I don't think she's saying, hey, that's totally fine. I mean, he is the god of death. I think she makes that really clear. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? I do. So, you know, as we said, we're gonna we're gonna read the content warning from this book word for word at the beginning yeah. of the spoiler section. But I will just say, in my opinion, I think that there is there you know there is there is something inherently um, sexy about the troubled guy. There's something right. inherently sexy about some problematic things. But when you're talking about a book like this, when you're talking about a book in general, right? When you yeah. can and when you can also like put a little faith and trust in the author. Yes. Um it's a safe space, right? Right. There's so many there's so much um really good really good uh dynamics in this world, you know, not when it comes to like S&M, when it comes to those kind when it comes to right. to all kinds of play really where you kind of create a fantasy around it yeah. where it's a safe space well this is a book and yeah. you can allow it to be a safe space and recognize that there's a difference yeah. where okay if this was happening in real life this is a problem right because you know unless there's like a whole lot of communication right and it's and it's kind of a play right versus in a book where it's like okay right. let's just have fun with this it. this is not a this is not karina talking about the bdsm community in any way oh yeah it's just that sometimes in especially the darker skewing romance books you know it's well it's what we call dubcon and um you know, which is basically dubious content. That's an old term coined by the fan fiction world um, that makes it very gray area uh, between essay and consent. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, know that. And we're, we're going to read the whole content warning word for word in just a minute here. But I think it, it bears actually, you know, putting it in, in the front part yeah. of this episode that... Um, <laughs> it's complicated. It is complicated. And if it is something that is that is troubling to you and is and is a problem, then you should know about that, which is why I think it's so important for that content warning. Yeah. At the same time, I I will I will freely admit it's a sexy book. <laughs> your uncle and your auntie over here at Genre Junkies, we're just gonna tell you that content warning before you buy the book, honey. <laughs> it's we got you, we got you. So um yeah, what a fun book. And if you're interested in any of this stuff we've mentioned from all of these different little genres she touches and being a just a damn good writer, um You've got to pick up this book and just let us know what you think. Okay, guys, let's talk about content warnings and sexy times and scary critters. All the spoilers you could ever want. Be right back. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the spoiler section. And to kick us off, before we get into any details of the book, if you're here for that content warning, here it is, as writ in the novel. 
This is a dark fantasy adult romance that ends on a cliffhanger. It contains mature themes such as graphic sex, language, captive situations, violence, and Debcon. While this book belongs in the dark fantasy subgenre and sensitive readers should heed the warnings, it is not dark enough to be considered a dark romance. There you have it. There it is. On with, I, on with the show. I really appreciated that content warning. Yeah. A lot. I, I think it's especially useful if maybe you're just kind of getting into these genres. Mm-hmm. So then you're kind of like learning the language and the feel of something. So when somebody talks about dark fantasy versus dark romance, you're like, oh, okay, okay. So there's things that go h- harder than this. Yeah. Maybe this is my com- my comfort level. <laughs> right. Or maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay. Let's have let, let's let's save the sexy time for a little bit later does that count their uh the dubcon as well okay i guess maybe i don't understand necessarily dubcon then because i feel like most of the sexy time i thought kind of fit into that dubious consent category i i, um, think, I think you get it i think um it's not to be over complicated yeah um but let's start with it let's just get it out of the way Okay. Um, so, so we'll talk about the sexy times. <laughs> we're just going. We're just going. We'll start with all, the sexy. We're laying times. it all out on the line first. First and foremost. Okay. Because I think it's important and it informs some other choices in the book for me. Okay. Um. I'm. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about. I have to say that I knew this was going to be the situation going in. I knew this was going to be a little bit of you know she's a prisoner and all of that. Um. I have to say there was a few times where my teeth was a tiny bit on edge and I was nervous Mm -hmm. that I was going to be uncomfortable. But for me personally, I never was. Um, I think I kind of said this in the first half, too, that I think she did a good job of being like, this is a fantasy. This isn't real. This is not, you know, the standards that Hannah holds her human dates up to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's a god. It is different. The rules are a little bit different when you are dealing with a god. And especially the god of death. And I'll, and I'll also say, like, there is kind of a... it. This is where the dubious consent really comes in. Because... Yeah. Um, she likes it. She's having a good time. She's having a good time. And death does show a little bit of, um, does stop when it's yes. clear that, that, one time. that that she doesn't want it. Yeah. She's true. She's scared and doesn't want it. He stops. And yeah, he's kind of shitty about it. But at the same time, he is being kind of noble about it. Yeah. It, 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 <sighs> It's he's shitting in a negging way a little <laughs> bit. Like I you know, I'm disappointed in you, but not like not it's not quite the same. That that sounds really shitty the way I just said it. Yeah, it, he doesn't come across that shitty. It's not quite that shitty, but no. he does say those words. Yeah. I think he when he says like I thought that this was something else. Yeah. Like he said something like I thought we were on like the same level or something like that. And and he stops because he's not a sexual assaulter. Yeah. And um, I mean, God, should the bar be that low? But I mean, it's like, <laughs> yes, he does stop. And she enjoys all of their encounters. She looks forward to them. She likes them a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, quote unquote weird if you put it in an everyday context that somebody's captive or prisoner 
when would, she's, would fall for them. Yeah, because she's kind of grasping at things to take control over. Um, yes. I mean, and some of it is grasping. <laughs> yeah. No, I really think that Hannah was very self-conscious in a good way mm-hmm. with writing these scenes that she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to go that dark with the romantic entanglements. Um and and there's plenty to like about death too. There's plenty to like about it. it's it's reasonable in my opinion that she's kind of starting to fall for him a little bit too. I mean, it's real good dick. <laughs> it's apparently huge. It's just, <laughs> just huge. Um, I, I like. I'm not yucking anybody's yum for what they like to read, but I too would have been very uncomfortable if this went the route of being actual like essay fantasy which which some people yeah it, it, and and again i'm not yucking anybody's yum if that's what you like to read and that's not how you are in real life yeah you're cool that's great of course but you can't spring that on a person Ex- yeah <laughs> and you know what if it was there i think i think she would have laid that out pretty clearly yeah i want to i want to say this about about the sexy times in this book um i feel like this book kind of i feel like this book kind of ambushed me with the with the sexy times and let me tell you what i mean. death is an ambush predator let me tell you what what i mean so the book starts out with a really deep and emotional uh you know exploration of grief uh it then jumps into you know the fantasy story at large you know go you know uh breaking into hell and you know going to to rescue your loved ones and then you know it kind of introduces you to the world and then the book kind of ends with a whole lot of sex scenes with a little bit of plot in between them and then another big sex scene then a little tiny thing happened then a big sex scene that's how i felt about it um i and again i don't know how these books are kind of supposed to go right but i I um, probably would have been a little bit better. I would put it happier with it if it was spread out a little bit. Well, I think it makes... I I don't think I agree with you, first of all. Um, I think that it makes sense that there wouldn't be a whole lot of sex scenes until... I mean, the whole point... Until she's actually there. Yeah, because that's supposed to be it. I mean, (laughs) Rasmus has has, um, a hookup with a mermaid, which is actually pretty funny. That's true. Uh, Because mermaids are just... They're just fascinated. (laughs) But... um, Aside from that, I think it makes sense. Like I was expecting that that's when the romance would start coming. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm not done talking. I just made myself laugh. But I said when the romance starts coming. <clears throat> <laughs> I think that it does obviously get more heavy handed when they're, you know, building their relationship together. But um, I feel like the plot that's still happening um, is really lush. I really appreciated that now we're learning about death and his past relationship. We're learning about his daughter. We're learning about the machinations behind the throne. Um, there's still plenty of fantasy going on too. So I, I just disagree with that. I feel like um, <clears throat> I was expecting it and that the plot stood really, still really stood up for me. I, I guess I guess I'll just say if you if you look at it from the perspective of someone who, you know, Again, it's really hot. It's really good, but I'm not looking for that kind of thing in in my books. It's just not. My, it's just not my. So you're gonna notice thing. it more, maybe. It, you know, it's it's 
it's like three quarters of the book is like getting to like building up to what I would normally be looking for to be a dramatic crescendo of of story or plot or what have you where the dramatic crescendo of this is sex and there's nothing wrong with that it's just i wasn't i i do enjoy romance in my books i enjoy a, a good sex scene or two in my books i think that that's great i think that it you know adds a lot to the story and again I'm not saying that this book is bad or it shouldn't have done this. It just, I was, I was, I felt like I was being kind of, uh, sold a bill of goods for the, for the first, you know, two thirds of the book. I, I wasn't expecting it to end up being mostly sex for the last of the book. That's very interesting. Cause you and I had very different experiences oh, with that then. Yeah. For Cause sure. I'm like, I'm kind of touting the exact opposite of how you're putting it. I mean, yes, obviously they're going to have sex once they get, once they meet each other, but yeah. Um, yeah, very different to me. Um, I thought that the end of the book, like before the excerpt, the, uh, it's kind of a prologue. Did you read the prologue? I did not read the prologue. Oh, um, I think what I saw, I thought it was like the first few pages of the second book. Well, it is. Okay. But it's also a prologue. I did not realize that. I actually I I normally don't read the first few chapters of the second book when they're when they're printed in a book, so I skipped it. I didn't realize it was a prologue. So, um the way that the story itself, the novel ends is Rasmus stages a rescue. I mean, it's really funny because Hannah's very tentative but um <clears throat> because let's also not forget something very important she likes it there mm -hmm. she feels at home there she finally feels like she is someplace where she belongs however this was always the plan right like she you know she isn't supposed to really have to be there forever you know like so then her rescuer comes and she's like oh oh <laughs> she's yeah. a little she's a little confused about it and i um i really appreciated that and then in the prologue is where death realizes that she's gone and he flips his lid and he's like i'm gonna get her i'm gonna kill her ah! <laughs> he is and it's really interesting because i was very disappointed in death for having that reaction and i hope he's speaking out of heartbrokenness and I don't know, because then that makes me honestly think a little differently of him. Like, that he's, like, so mad. It's like, bro, of course she doesn't want to be a captive. Yeah. It takes a little bit of that 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 safety I was talking about earlier out of it, the way that you're describing it. You know, there there's kind of a bit of a, there, there's a bit of a give and take of a, I, you know, it's sexy that I'm in control of you. This is what I like that I'm in control of you. And so do you. And to have it actually turn into like an anger sort of thing when he loses that control is maybe a little bit more problematic. You know what I'm kind of hoping is that death is going to learn from this experience and he's going to grow. Because here's the thing. I am very much expecting the two of them to get together at the end of this series. Oh, for sure. But I want it to be that he also shows a little growth. Yeah, because this first book, mm -mm. all of the growth really came from her. Yeah, and she goes on to actually a great arc. But yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, like, um, I kind of need him to not be thinking that he needs to make her suffer and pay his words at the end of the book. Um, again, I'm okay if he's brokenhearted, but there's such a, um, there's a fairness to death. You know what I mean? And there's an honesty and all of these things that we, that we like about him. It's like, oh, don't, don't make me not like you now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the masks everybody wears, by the way. Oh my God. So cool. I love the mask. I love, um, <laughs> his daughter. Oh my gosh. There's so, oh my God. I love Belle. Belle, Belle is, I, I, I was very sad when Belle went away. Cause Belle is my favorite character. Uh, the, 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 the literalness of her being a little mermaid is hilarious yes and something about picturing this you know one and a half foot tall mermaid talking about yeeting me yeet me into the river oh my god (laughs) and like how she's like i don't get why humans are so weird about sex it's fine and like she's so blunt about Mm -hmm. everything i just loved her i loved her so much and then she gets mad when she gets the towel put over her there's something there's you know there's a message there and that's kind of where the growth is coming with the main character as well yeah. when it comes to sex is that it's a thing that people enjoy and it's okay to enjoy it you don't have to be embarrassed by it yes uh, i think that's very very important um of course so yeah she meets these these great cast of characters along the way of course we love we love a zombie unicorn my second favorite character. He's hilarious. Um, I also want to say it's Darby. It's brave and well done to have multiple characters who speak telepathically or at least yes. non-verbally. Mm-hmm. Where it's written in um in a way it's just written in italics. Uh it was really I was able to follow it. It was really well done. I got mm-hmm. the concept of it. That's kind of a difficult thing to 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 put in there yes i agree um even though we didn't get to spend much time with her i loved kutar who's the goddess of the moon um i love rayla her personal death maiden um i think she's amazing um oh talervo the um lesser goddess of the forest Tapio's daughter who you know helps her for a little oh bit. yeah um what do we think about rasmus do we trust him i don't trust him i don't all. trust him either but i like him I think I I don't get the impression that death has lied to her at yeah. any point. So when, well, I think he's very fair. Yeah, yeah. So when death told her he ran away to trade you for your father, mm-hmm. I believe him. And I mean, like Rasmus almost told her as much. Yeah. And the fact is, is you know, she said it herself, even if he had told her that, she would have gone along with the plan because she would she want to get her dad's life back right um uh <laughs> my favorite like place is absolutely the little chapel under the ground with the saints i i'm i'm picking out my little sleeping bag to bring down there and live in that room that the, is my jam there's a lot of stuff in this book that is very flowerly very very, very eloquently described that room I feel like I've been in that room. It yeah. was just so. She also does a great job with food. We love it when an author can describe food. Food's pretty good. Food's pretty good. A lot of meat. 
lot of meats. Yeah. Which, as I was reading it, I thought of you. I'm like, hmm. I know. I was like, do we have anything else I can eat here? Um, but that's it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, lots. So the point I was, it's a lot of great characters. And, you know, I love a really flowery, descriptive book, but I don't think this was like super, super flowery. No, it was somewhere in between. Yeah. I mean, it was describing what things were made out of, but it didn't, you know, go as far as to say, you know, there's 53 tassels on each side of the of the comforter on the bed and... <laughs> It was okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I was just absolutely enchanted by this book. I, you know, there's some stuff I want to happen in the next book. There's some things that I I kind of expect. But at the same time, I'm very happy where this book left off. Uh, I can see the the fact that this being a being a cliffhanger is a is a content warning is appropriate. It is as cliffhangery as it gets. Um, it doesn't really quite conclude at all. <laughs> uh, you know, there are things I definitely want from the second book. Um, you know, expectation versus reality. Um, because I know a little bit about Finnish mythology, but also don't know a lot about Finnish mythology, I I. I'm surprised that it didn't feel more different. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, and and this honestly, it it, it might be the Lord of the Rings fault, <laughs> but there's things like the hobbits. There's things about this that wasn't. Um, there are some things that felt a you know a little bit more traditional Western uh, view of mythologies. It just surprised me. And again, I don't know enough about Finnish mythology to say whether it's right or wrong. I'm just surprised it wasn't more different. Um, I also hope that in the next book, we get more of the Hisi, the little demon goblins. Um, I also want more Lekio, which is the little children ghosts. Oh. Um, okay, that that is actually very creepy. Oh, I also want to call it, I'm not totally sure I don't, I trust the handmaiden either. Though I love her fiercely, I love that she killed her whole family, but that was the old me. But I don't know, she could be a part of the coup. But the fact that they kind of were like, you're part of the coup, makes me think like, maybe she's not part of the coup? I think she's I think she's a double agent. Um, yeah, I think she's a double agent. Interesting. I don't know, man. I like that I don't know. I like that there's like I'm questioning where a lot of these characters are gonna go and how they're gonna play out. Oh, and we do know that Rasmus is his ex wife's stepson. Oh, she we didn't know that. that? Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. I theorized that there was a lot of there's kind of a lot of hints towards that that I picked up. Was it explicitly said? Yes. Oh, okay. I um, mu- I must have absorbed it without absorbing it and just thought it was a theory. Yeah. He says in the thing at the in the prologue, my bride, my ex-wife's son has my fucking bride. Oh, that's in the prologue. Yeah. I'm really disappointed I didn't read that now. Yeah. I th- it's th- read all the way through here, people. Well, I was going to say I- I'm I'm just going to say like I I read this electronically on the Kindle. Mm-hmm. And you know how when you finish the book it pops up and and does that thing like oh how did you enjoy it rate the book which yeah. is fine and then i'm like no go away cuz i want to read cuz i want to read you know the acknowledgments right yeah well i got that and then for all of the world it looked like 
it like introduced it like it was the first few chapters of the second book. I'm like, I don't want to read that. Interesting. Interesting. As a rule, I don't do that. I right. don't read. I don't read previews like that. Hmm. Well, I know this is going to be hard for you, maybe to give a score of blank out of blank. But um, I, for me. I'm going to give this book nine out of 10 Little Mermaids. Um, I found this book charming, whimsical. It swept me away. It made me want to keep reading and learning. And I was very attached to the characters. And I like I can't say enough. I feel like Karina has written a book that um, I think is so cool and makes my heart so happy as a Finnish girl, Finnish American girl, that... Um, that she, that she went there and she did this for us. I think that's really freaking cool. Uh, I am going to give this uh, six little mermaids out of 10. Uh, I really love uh, setting this in a unique setting. I think her writing is genuinely fantastic. It's, it's easy and um, comfortable mm-hmm. and, and fun. Um, that said, uh, as, as I said, um I felt that this was kind of a book in two parts. One, a part that I had a little trouble getting into, but was more along my lines. And one part that I had a little bit of trouble getting into, but it was not up my alley. Um, And, you know, just because it was so separated like that for me, that's why I give it the score that I do. Well, there you have it, everybody. Um, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on genre junkies, which is totally fine because whenever you read a book, it's your experience. And sometimes it seems so obvious to you that you're like, wow, how could a different experience be thusly? But it is. And there's so many things that inform our experiences, you know, our life, our background, and, and so much more. It's very, very interesting. But um, you know what, Scott? It's good that you you read a real sexy book for for like, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I am genuinely glad that I read this book. Uh, you know, I do like to experience new things and, and learn about new genres, if you will. And, you know, I will read, I will, I, I plan to read more curated by Sandra uh, to get a better base on what to look for in these kind of books. Even if it's not for me, just to have a better idea of like, what are, what are the, the, the tentpole examples? All right, everybody. If you need me, I'm going to be looking for a zombie unicorn. Um, Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime. 